0: Hello. We are Fantasy On Draft, the FOD. Welcome to episode number Trace. I'm NMFL with my co-host Miyagi Pocock. Howdy, howdy. Man, we had football this weekend. I watched so much football. Did you watch a lot of football? Oh,
1: dude, I watched every second of every single game except except the opposite.
0: you had a birthday you were dealing with right
1: yeah it's uh wifey's birthday and um she has issues with people spending all day on her birthday watching football so i try to make a point every year when it lands on opening day to make sure we spend a lot of time together and lay a good ground foundation of her not being mad at me for watching football for the rest
0: of the year that's smart that's a payoff you got to deal with this year at least you got an extra game so that'll pay off even a little better i've been at it I, too, had a birthday to deal with uh, our resident medical doctor, Joe Griff, who helps us out. It was his birthday, and we golfed while we watched some football. Then we went to brunch while we watched football. Yeah, we went to a bar, played some shuffleboard, and watched some football. football It It was great. On today's episode, we're gonna touch on some week one news and notes, we'll talk some bets, we'll get into some starts that messed up our own fantasy leagues, and then get into some good matchups for the week that you can take advantage of. Um, Normally right here, we get into our our beer of the day, but I just wanna bring up something in one of my leagues that just happened actually this morning. Um, We had, I saw we had put out a post, but we're young and new and didn't get much reaction to it, but we were asking about the fumble Um, The Baltimore Ravens uh, against Las Vegas Raiders, they were going into that. And Lamar Jackson fumbled in overtime. And we had asked if that had affected many games. And I had a game in our league, our good friend, Matt Forrester, friend of the show. His team ended up, he was losing by 1.9. His opponent fumbled for him to win by 0.1. He called me, like, as the game is just ending, and he's like, oh, my God, I've, I've been texting back and forth, and it's crazy.
1: And that's it, – it's great that that's how fantasy has warped my mind, too, while watching football, because I believe I text you right after that. Too, to how many people's weeks entirely change um, on that huge play with a superstar who you're counting on to get you so many points. It's going into overtime, like the heartbreak, and just gut reaction to that got to be just phenomenal. I'm glad
0: it didn't happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. Both guys were just lighting up our, our boards on our league and, you know, the rest of the league was chiming in on it and it was it, it was funny to see because I wasn't part of it exactly. Right, right. But tough to see you know, the other way. Well, this morning bright and early woke up to a nice sleeper alert. Oh, no. Stat correction. Oh my goodness. Stat Correction. It was, we play our defense special teams team, uh-huh. uh, had Washington football team. And this morning, they were credited with one extra tackle for loss, oh, which is a 0. .5, <laughs> <laughs> .5 points. I
1: didn't
0: think it
1: could get any better.
0: <laughs> and this morning, the game switched. Our friend Maddie took an L. Linden got the W by .4 on one tackle for loss that was updated.
1: We've got to look back and find out who got tackled for that loss. (laughs) Right, right. in my student jersey of that player. (laughs) (laughs) Because that is incredible. I thought it couldn't get any better than Lamar losing a game for somebody in the last second. But then to have, of all things, a defense come back and win it for you. It'll, the old DST is something we never spent too much time thinking about. They won you a week, yeah, in spite of Lamar Jackson, superstar quarterback. <clears throat> Holy smokes, it doesn't get a whole lot better than
0: that. Yeah, it That's
1: was. That's why we love and hate this. Oh, 100.
0: <laughs> it was. It was funny waking up to it again. Our our league board was going kind of crazy with the all the messages and stuff today. So, oh man, crazy. I would
1: love to see the reaction of both of them. The first, the first moment they looked. Because I've I've seen stat corrections happen, nothing this drastic. You're like, oh my god, what happens? Oh. And because it, it doesn't tell you right off the bat, and then you open it up to see a W in front of your name instead of an L, it's like today's today's gonna be a good day. And then you see an L instead of a W, and you're like, dude, fuck today, <laughs> Take any shit. Your whole day's ruined. Your whole day's ruined
0: by a defense by defense and special teams oh, stat correction. <laughs> This reminds me, uh, we played in a league. It was a Facebook beer group league. We were both in it years ago. And, you know, we sign up. It's our first year in it. And the commissioner puts a post out and he says, oh, by the way, I looked back at last year's um, results. And so and so actually won the game in the playoffs. um, But there was a stat correction and nobody saw it. So it was a Ezekiel Elliott fumble. That happened on fourth down, so it was reversed where it wasn't a fumble. And this league, it was not a very competitive league, didn't realize. Wait, is that the year I won? Because I was super competitive. Well, I think so that we made it more competitive. It better, right? But they had gone a whole year. that even They paid out in beer, and everybody oh, yeah. had sent beer to one that. person and done everything. And then they found out uh, the next year, oh, oops, we actually had the wrong, the wrong champion and never no, even looked at it. No, no, it was the year before we got into it. It for was, the C.B. No, 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 oh, okay, no, okay. no. Oh, the waffle. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I wasn't competitive in on that one at all. All right. Let, let's get into the beer of the day. Yeah. Uh, today, we are drinking Pliny the Elder yeah. from Russian River Brewing Company.
1: Yeah, the godfathers of craft beers is a treat for many that can't find it. We're blessed enough to live in California. We can get it pretty regularly. Um, it's like the Jerry Rice of beers, man. It's like kicks oh, yeah. so many things great
0: it's a measuring stick that everything is compared to so sure it, to uh, double IPA coming in at 8% ABV um, it is definitely I, you hear it a lot especially when you're selling beer they always say this beer beats Pliny this beer beats Pliny which we always look at is if you're the beer that they're always comparing it to and trying to beat it you're you're doing pretty well so we're excited to be drinking this beer today it's a good beer and um at russian river brewing is their socials check them out uh and like he said we're lucky in california to get this it doesn't go to too many other places we'll get into some nfl news and notes of the week we'll uh we were kind of looking at some stuff when we were pretty surprised there was a couple non-actives going into week one that we were surprised to see did were you surprised by some of these
1: I was surprised by quite a few of them yeah um Zach Moss just kind of came out of nowhere because by all accounts that I remember hearing he was he was doing well in camp he was doing well in the preseason he had a role it might not have been the running back one role in that offense but he did seem to have a very distinct role uh I mean so I was I was pretty shocked by that the the Odell Beckham I could sort of kind of see it coming. And um, that
0: one was kind of injury related. Yeah,
1: I mean the ACL, what was it, week seven of last year, it, it's, I always considered it about a year-long injury. So you know, it's still not week seven of this year. I'm sure he'll get on the field before week seven. But I wasn't surprised. Um, but he was in my lineup, so I did have to make some adjustments. Um, while we were waiting for our breakfast uh, at that hotel, I had to sneak off to the bathroom. I was getting all these
0: alerts. Yeah, yeah. There was definitely, that was kind of fun, but it was also, we were trying to get some golf in, and I was trying to check my phone and do all that to try to get ready for for game one.
1: Yeah, you combine that with all the crazy trades that were going on.
0: It oh, yeah. 20
1: minutes before kickoff, it was, it, was, it was bonkers.
0: Love our fantasy football leagues. Kind of the big one that surprised us the most, Trey Sermon, was 49ers running back was inactive, coach's decision.
1: Yeah, that one completely threw me off. Again, same as Zach Moss, he had been. Um, you had a certain uh, aura that he was going to be active and part of this offense. Uh, nobody could really say for certain that uh, Mostert for sure was going to get hurt. Nobody expected that. We, I mean, you can say it can be, he can be an injury-prone player, but nobody expected him to run two times and then get hurt. So, uh, yeah, it was it was surprising to see that they're.
0: Yeah, I thought through preseason, I thought he had kind of established himself as somebody who had a role.
1: Yeah, and even through you know the end of his college career, he was such an impact on those teams uh, that were that were making a run through the playoffs and things like that. So he expected him to get in and get a role right away.
0: Um, There was a a rumor, possibly about him missing a curfew. Did you hear anything about that? You
1: know, I heard you, uh, internet rumors yeah. about you know, him missing curfew. I think Ayuk was also involved with that, where you know, maybe they weren't taking things seriously. I can see how Shanahan would make that a huge deal, especially before week one for a rookie and then a second year player as well. Um, but uh, you got to, I mean, you're a professional now. It's your job. you got to take your job seriously if you show up late to work. There's repercussions if you show up late after you're supposed to be somewhere in the NFL, especially for a coach like Shannon, and I'm sure it's going to be the same. If not, going to be does it again.
0: Yeah, I couldn't really find anything to say that was true. It was just some stuff I saw around, like you said, on the Internet a yeah, little exactly. bit. So not sure on that, but um, we'll, I guess we'll follow the story and see. There was some injuries that happened in week one, as usual. Um it wasn't the worst week. Sometimes I feel like week one, your list of people that are out goes pages and pages. It wasn't as long as usual, but there was there was definitely some some names in there. Uh, Jerry Judy, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, he was looking good.
1: He looked so good. That's why I, I mean it, it, it hurts to see any second year wide receiver that you kind of have high hopes for, and Judy definitely falls under that category, go down with an injury, but he looked so good. His routes were crisp on exactly where he needed to be. It looked like Teddy B was getting him the ball. Um, he was feeding it to him, making sure he was going to be a, a, a featured part of that offense. And that's exactly what you were hoping to see. Um, because that's what a player like Judy really needs. He needs he needs a ball a lot. He needs to be featured. I'm, I don't think he's the type of player who takes plays off if he's not involved, but the more involved you got, when you get that guy, the better he's going to be. So it sucks to see that potential right in front of you for just over over half of a game of football and now he's out for four
0: to six weeks so yeah and if you have an IR spot on your on your roster and you can fit him in there that's great hang on to him he will be back if you don't have an IR spot are you keeping him or are you cutting him
1: it depends on what my teammates are um I would hate to drop him but I mean if you are devastated at running back injury and you need to fill that spot with a handcuff or I would consider him droppable but I would also be trying to pick him up two weeks before he's off IR and then also you know temper your expectations because a high ankle sprain it really does limit what your explosiveness can be on your cuts for even longer than when you're back in and you can say you're fully healthy but I don't know if it's a mental thing where you're hesitant to make those cuts or if it's a physical limitation from that actual sprain. But I've just noticed a pattern of high ankle sprains really affecting people's ability most of the season. I mean, you can get back to, to everything that you were expected to be, but it's almost a, always a few weeks longer than your actual out-of-game play injury timeline.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, we saw that last year with uh, Michael Thomas, Michael right? Thomas. His was a high ankle sprain. Thomas, yeah. and, um, also, what you were mentioning is trying to pick a guy up a little bit early. That is something. Pay attention when some of these drops that are happening. Um, if the guys that are going to be out for a few weeks, you know, put a little little check on them. Make sure you you remind yourself to check back a few weeks before they're supposed to be back. And sometimes you can scoop some guys up early and not use a whole ton of fab or, you know, your waiver. And you can, uh, you can pick some guys up to help you in the long run.
1: Or if you drafted really shitty, too, you can keep an eye out for people that have to drop good. The- like this, and if you have a spot on your bench where you know you can stash a dominant, potentially super dominant player like Judy for, the, for your playoff run, then yeah, stash him on there. Look, look for who people are dropping.
0: Ryan Fitzpatrick, Magic, Man, it's bummed. He's on IR. He had a hip subluxation, which I did ask Joe Griff, and he said it's uh, where the ball of the hip kind of starts to pop out of the socket yeah, a little like bit
1: shifts out but goes right back it's not a full dislocation um, that's how stefania bell described it i listen to her a lot um especially injury wise hopefully we'll get joe griff right on that same level um, where like her word is gold i'm sure he'll get there soon enough after he's he's uh nailed a couple solid advice topics for me but fitzpatrick was such a heartbreaker man like i was so excited to see what McLaren. Samuel I mean, Samuel's already out too, but I was really excited to see what that offense could do with just a gunslinger and a smart football player um, who knows how to read defenses and just just YOLOs that ball, dude.
0: He, for he's, real. He's
1: like, he's, he doesn't care. He's, he's been around for a long time. He's got no problem throwing the ball 50 yards down the field on a 50-50 jump ball. And with, you know, the skill players that he has, it could have been so much fun. But, um, I mean, if you had him, go grab Heineken. Yeah. I was surprised to see Heineken instead of Allen. Uh, But, I mean, with his playoff last year, he was a solid player. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Did you see the scary Terry catch on the sideline? Oh, it's like pirouette. Yeah. The adjustment
1: in the air that that dude makes. It it was like watching a cat fall. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was crazy. (laughs)
0: So yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick, out six to eight weeks. Um, I think in this one, you can pretty much, you could probably cut him and let yeah. him go. Unless you're in a super flex league that you have to have two quarterbacks and then you have the IR. Um, he was kind of a streamer as it was. As much fun as he is and as much fun as he is to watch, you can, you can cut him, let him go. There'll be somebody else to pick I was up.
1: really excited to have him as my fourth quarterback in the super flex
0: league. Yeah, yeah. Um, we did touch on it just a little bit, and we're, we're going to talk about all the 49ers running back shortly. But Raheem Mostert um, went on IR. It started out, he was going to be out six weeks or so to eight weeks, and then the next day he just came out and said, so That's it, done for the season.
1: He's the to it.
0: Yeah, it's, it, it originally was reported as chipped cartilage. I again didn't know what that was. Asked Joe Griff. He said it was the uh, torn meniscus, maybe a piece chipped off and was floating around the knee could also be the articular cartilage on the surface of the bone he uh Raheem is getting the surgery he's done for the year it's sad to see he he's fun he's exciting but yeah, he's injury prone those
1: two runs he had it was explosive and quick and it's just it seems like every year you get these what could have been stories and mustard has just been one of them for a few years now but when you see him he just breaks away you're like fuck i want that guy
0: healthy yeah yeah thursday night football michael gallup was injured he also went on ir with a calf injury the earliest he could return would be october 10th um he's the three there i don't it's this isn't as big a news if it was um cd or or something or amari we would be freaking out but gallup was pretty much drafted as everybody's third yeah and it
1: if you had him um cedric wilson is obtainable Looking for a third receiver from the Cowboys to have in your lineup. Um, he's he's obtainable. Go out and get him. Uh, but I wouldn't force that. He's you know, just a guy, in my opinion. But um, it's unfortunate about Gallup.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel too. But not a whole lot you need to do there. Let's get into the 49ers running backs. Uh, Raheem's out. Trey Sermon was inactive. Elijah Mitchell. He had a great game. He was 19 for 104 and a touchdown. They had Jamichael Hasty in for not a lot of touches, but he ran for a touchdown. Um, they just signed Carryon Johnson onto their practice squad. What, what are we doing here? What's going on with the 49ers? So
1: what's really, what's really crazy to see is the amount of fab that's dropped on Elijah Mitchell in all the leagues. Oh the league. geez, yeah. I mean, there is some leagues where it's like 90% of your fab is on Elijah Mitchell, and I think he looked good. I think he proved that he can play in the NFL. Trey Sermon was active. If, if that injury had happened when Sermon was activated, like that would have been him doing all that, and he would have um, obtained all those stats as well, I'm, I'm guessing, uh, because a lot of running back production comes from that Shanahan offensive scheme. Um, dating all the way back to his dad, those running backs do great. I just think Sermon's going to be ahead of him on the depth chart. I think Elijah Mitchell's going to have a role, uh, but I don't think it's going to be the lead dog-wise. Sermon's definitely going to take that. I think carry on, uh, as soon as he gets um, used to and acclimated to that system, he could be explosive. If you know, you're know you not in some league with some maniacs who've just been saving carry on Johnson for years, you can just go get him. But I mean, you can probably pick him up for nothing. But.
0: Hello, everybody. We had a couple technical difficulties. Just one. I am not a very good producer of my own podcast, and I did not record both channels until right now. We unfortunately are going to run with it and let it go. We will start over at the 49ers running backs, but I'm kind of an idiot. I apologize. Well,
1: I think it's kind of biased and and just downright disgraceful and disgusting that you would fix it right when we're talking about your team's running backs with some of your favorite players involved. I'm not going to say who, but it's blatant. It's obvious. It's a travesty. I will not stand for it. I can't believe you don't know how to use my computer better. And that's all I'm going to say.
0: And it is (laughs) the reason why we're starting the 49ers running back section over again. Um, but here we go. Let's get into it. <laughs> 49ers running backs. Raheem Mostert's out. Trey Sermon's inactive. Elijah Mitchell had a great game. Jamichael Hasty ran for a TD. They signed a guy I've never heard of before, on Johnson. Um, what are we doing? What are we doing here with the running backs in San Francisco? Uh,
1: I mean, Elijah Mitchell was going for all the fab in the world, man. He was going, people were spending 90% of their fab on this dude, and I think people just kind of overlooked the fact that Trey Sermon was not active for that game. And if he were, I'm pretty sure he would have been getting the lead role carries. Um, He's just got the draft capital. I know the Shanahan offense. Running backs thrive in that, really, no matter who they are. But they did draft Trace Herman fairly high, and Elijah Mitchell has proved that he can do it on the field. And I think he will be utilized more than he would have been before this game. But I do think in Week Two, Trace Herman is going to be the guy. Um, Jermichael Hasty, I mean, the way running backs go down in San Francisco, grab them and stash them. Same with Carry On when he gets used to that offense. I'm sure he'll be uh, a key player in that. Um, if you can get him, I mean, he's obtainable unless there's just maniacs out there that are stashing carry-on everywhere they can. But, I mean, who the hell would do that? He's been cut and hasn't been on a team. like So he's obtainable for sure.
0: Yeah, I think that Trey Sermon being inactive, at least a lot of the stuff I was reading and I heard, has to do with the fact that he doesn't play on special teams. And it's hard to have a guy on your bench that doesn't play on special teams when you only have a 53-man roster I think he will for sure be active and I think he's going to be the guy as well I think that Elijah Mitchell will have some run and he will get some some carries and do that but I just find it hard to think that Trey Sermon won't be the guy there
1: yeah any I mean Shanahan has a history of using multiple running backs anyway exactly so, I mean, if Elijah Mitchell gets bumped down to what Jamichael Hasty was used for this game, he still has touchdown potential. He still can get any, you know, five to 12 carries, touches a game in one way or another. He, he could catch the ball. So he's not a complete wash. I just, I, I, can't, I can't wrap my head around how people were spending almost all of their season-long fab in redraft, where it means something, in Dynasty. I flush my fab down the toilet on whoever. Right. But in redraft, you know, that was I was shocked to see how much he was going for in some leagues.
0: Yeah, I had some people asking me about, you know, how much to spend on Fab. And it was hard for me to give an accurate idea because I bid on him in a few leagues, but I was bidding in the, the 35 to $40 range because yeah. I was willing to lose him. It, yeah. it wasn't, I didn't really need him. I just thought, hey, if nobody else bids, I'll take him. Um, so it was hard for me to give a concise, hey, you need to bid $71. Yeah. Some of them are crazy.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it all, it, it all boils down to what your team's constructed like also. If, if you needed a running back, like absolutely needed a running back, then, yeah, sure, go out and get him. Uh, but, it again, that's super risky. You can say you need a running back, and then you're
0: getting a guy who might not be even the lead dog on his team. Right. Um, There were some some zeros that happened this week, kind of a few things that were unexpected there. Brandon Ayuk, he was supposed to be, there was talk of him being the number one wide receiver there, and he didn't even
1: get a target. Nope, nope. And I hate to bring up the name of, you know, Pettis, but you hear some comments from Shanahan about... Got to grow up, take things seriously. It just brings back to mind of a you know when, when Dante Pettis was supposed to be a thing. We even had a bet on him, yeah, and right. uh, he just you know if, if coach isn't using you and coach doesn't think that you're taking it seriously, um, you're <laughs> it really really caps your upside to say the least.
0: Yeah, I think we both think that he will have a role in the offense going forward. I hope he does. He's fun. as long as he listens and and makes the makes yeah. the improvements there. Yeah. Mike Gasicki, tight end for the Dolphins, also put up a zero. He, he didn't do much at all. I think he had one or two targets, but didn't I, have a catch.
1: I saw one target uh, for him bounce off of his chest and lead to interception. It was a pass that shouldn't have been thrown anyway. I won't put that entirely on him. But, um, yeah, I mean, somebody whose athletic skill set is just off the charts, like you expected <laughs> more than a zero. Yeah, you expected yeah. more than a zero. That's not a whole lot, but,
0: yeah. Um, both Saquon Barkley and Aaron Jones, they both put up 2.3 points. Can you imagine if you had both of those starting on your team? Oof, yeah. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, it
1: sucked. Um What do
0: you think is going on with these guys, though? I mean, Saquon's coming off injury.
1: I think it's the Saquon's coming off injury for him. They're they're limiting his usage, um, easing him back in. I did kind of expect that. Uh, he got his – he had his torn ACL earlier in the season, um, but he waited a while to, to get the surgery on it because it wasn't – it wasn't like a normal torn ACL. Like, his knee exploded. Like, it was all of them. So they had to repair a lot of things. Um, I was impressed to see him – uh back active in um in pre or not in preseason but being activated for week 1 anyway so i'm kind of expecting him to to slowly ease into the season i think he could be a league winner by the end of the season yeah. if they let him re- you know heal the right way and aaron jones like sometimes he just got to chalk up a game to garbage and that green bay offense was fucking garbage yeah yeah they were they were bad i i'm
0: all in on aaron jones still but i will uh i will ask for a friend do you play saquon barkley tonight at the washington football team son of a bitch
1: um i mean again i'll always say it depends on what your league is like but i'm so in one league where i have aaron jones i have saquon but i also have eckler I am considering benching Saquon tonight because that Washington football team defense is scary, man. Yeah. They Their line is in, intense. And once you get a, a defensive line that can penetrate those gaps as aggressively as they can, um, it makes it really hard for a quarterback to make a decision. And when you have a quarterback like Daniel Jones, who doesn't make good decisions to start with, when he has, you know, just people Breathing down his neck, he's going to make some stupid decisions, and I don't think that offense has a lot of potential anyway. And then on top of that, with his limited um, snap count tonight, which I think it will be, I if you don't have like a better like, I might start Damien Harris over. Him. You know, even after that fumble, I think the potential of the more carries, the opportunity is going to be more value than me hoping that Saquon can break off one of those ninety-yard runs for a touchdown.
0: Yeah, uh, um, I think I. I think my friend is going to start CEH over Saquon. That's a smart move. And be okay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Also, uh, you actually turned me on to this uh, as we were texting during Monday Night Football. Um, There was the Mannings over Monday Night Football on ESPN2. you, uh, You sent me a text that you were enjoying watching the game with them, and I was like, where is it? Luckily, I switched over to ESPN2 and, and I watched it. What did you think of all that?
1: Well, it, it it makes it better because I think the ESPN broadcast team isn't isn't the best. I I actually would I normally listen to like Kurt Warner and damn I forget the other guy, but on Westwood One the the radio feed over the the video um, because the ESPN commentary team I've just I don't I'm not a fan. Um, so when I had the opportunity to just kind of watch two goofy brothers BS to the whole game who are like football geniuses and hear how they're dissecting a game just watching it like we were all watching it in the same room it was a lot of fun and Eli Manning was you know he's taking jabs at his brother Peyton you can watch him living and dying on every play like depending on what the depending on what the quarterback was doing it was it was hilarious and then they had a lot of people come in and um, you know I, I saw a bit of the Ray Lewis um, and just watching them go back and forth on Whose fault it was, whether the defense made a great call or the refs were favoring the quarterbacks, um, it was it was great. And then Kelsey had me cracking up, dude. That it was great. Um, so if you're watching Monday Night Football and you have ESPN too, um, give it a shot, man. I, I thought it was I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, I
0: thought it was a good yeah. good way to to watch it and to definitely I didn't miss the commentary at all. And maybe no, it is because good. I think we think ESPN isn't good, but I thought it was fun to hear sometimes a deeper. About exactly
1: like I, i'm it, it's when you hang out with people who are experts in a field and they talk over your head for a while but then you start learning the terminology and it brings you up to their level and i'm hoping the more i listen the more i'll learn about you know what their line sets are how they're calling plays um you get a lot of it from madden too if you play madden you start learning about defenses and everything right. like that but you know i didn't play any football in high school or anywhere I just love watching it. So to hear the, one of the greatest offensive minds to change like, the game of football, breaking down how defenses are looking, it, 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 it's pretty beneficial. I love it. It's fun. Yeah. Someday I'll know what he's saying. Yeah, exactly, <laughs>
0: exactly. No, that was, a, that was a good way to do it. We highly recommend at least checking it out for a little bit. Question of the week. Miyagi, what are some of your best, Slash worst slash favorite fantasy bets that you've either seen or done or offered or, you know, we we I know we like to bet on stuff. What are what it's are one your of my favorites?
1: favorite parts. Yeah, so I I have one bet. It's like my default go to fun bet. I just love it. It's a classic. Uh, it's a tale as old as time. It's a pie to the face. Like sometimes it can just be you know a little whipped cream in a in a, in a pie tin. I like to go full chocolate cream pie. Uh, my boy Blakey Mistakey will buy a whole nother can of whipped cream just to dump on top of that. Oh, I've seen it. But it's a, it's a win-win for everybody. I mean, if you lose, you open your mouth at the right time, you get a big old bite of pie. You can eat it right off your face when you're done. And, and then who doesn't like smashing a pie in their, their inferior, much inferior friend's face, and um, especially in a crowd of people. So I do get to smash a pie in one of our league mates' uh, faces, I think today actually we're going to do that. And I'm looking looking forward to it. Um, awesome. Yeah, I, I've seen I've seen some other ones online. I think I sent you the thing where one of them was a plastic surgeon, and yeah. the winner the winner of <laughs> the winner of the league plastic surgeon said he would uh, give his wife free breast implants. But the loser of the league, the male, also had to get breast implants, <laughs> and that's got to be the most vicious one.
0: Yeah, that's tough.
1: And uh, a classic one I do with my buddy Matt. Uh, Mayonnaise in the shoe, run around the block Oh yeah, that's a great gotta Fill your your shoes with mayonnaise, run around the block It's a hoot
0: (laughs) I'm in a league, um, we started as a bet league Where you you made a bet every week As we've gotten a little bit older and More children have come around It's slowed a little bit, but we still do quite a bit of bets I actually just won week one And my buddy Sam Has to be my hype man at the draft He has to hype up my draft picks He has to hype me up (laughs) Love it one of my favorite that I did is the winner of the week got to pick 12 pictures of themselves and make a calendar out of those 12 pictures, and the loser had to display it in their office for the year. I, I, I really like that one. That one was really good. We had a had a fun time with that. I I won that one as well, so I got to find 12 nice pictures of my beautiful mug and. He had, uh, he had to look at it every day for a year. It was great. That's, that's great. I love
1: your banner bet, too. You guys have a banner, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a
0: nice <laughs> banner bet uh, some of our buddies do where the, the loser has to get... No, the winner has to get a banner made and put it up in the loser's garage. And <laughs> a lot of them have been, you know, opposing teams. One's a Packers fan, one's a Niners fan. Um, the best, though, was when my buddy Lyndon photoshopped his head (laughs) into a beautiful family photo of the loser joe griff and uh said that it was his garage and his family that was one of the best That
1: that had me laughing for a good week straight
0: (laughs) yeah that's that's great then yeah the banner has to stay up for a year so you every time you go into the garage you you get to see that oh and then like just
1: guess who come over you have to explain that to them too it's the best (laughs) oh yeah yeah yeah,
0: (laughs) definitely when people have no idea what's going on yeah i see your family there but that's not you (laughs) um there's the classic that i've seen going around a lot this year is the ihop bet yeah loser s's and i think a lot of these are actually loser of the league not necessarily loser of the week
1: yeah that would be rough for just a week loss yeah you Uh, got to
0: spend 24 hours at an ihop but every pancake you eat takes an hour off
1: Pancakes are sizable,
0: too. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I one time had to do four hours at Walmart, (laughs) and that was a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's like
1: one shopping trip with my wife to Walmart.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it started off, I was okay, I was looking at movies and stuff and trying to do stuff in electronics, but then... Man, I just sat and did nothing. And that was only four. I don't know how you do a 24-hour bet.
1: Did uh, security talk to you at all?
0: No. You know, <laughs> I think the four hours was at a time where I could get different parts of the store and didn't quite stand out. I'm sure if you go too much longer where you're not buying anything, not doing anything. I
1: bet I you if you'd grown your beard out a little bit more and kind of look scraggly, they would have been following you around. Yeah. <laughs> Probably.
0: Uh... Let's uh, let's get into this week's sponsor. You wanna you wanna take that over?
1: Yeah, definitely. So uh, this week's show is brought to you by Prescribed Burn sauces, and uh, Prescribed Burn is a newer hot sauce maker. They've been making some amazing sauces, and the owner Michael actually uh, smokes the hot peppers and veggies that all go into the sauces. And uh, Prescribed Burn, I'll read it right off the label here for you. At Prescribed Burns, we bring you unique wood fire s- and smoked sauces that are balanced in flavor and varying levels of heat. We don't make novelty sauces because we want you to actually enjoy what you're eating and check them out. And they uh, did send us a couple samples and we did have a chance to try them, I will say uh that they're all incredibly balanced like the habanero one was delicious it's almost gone um so we're definitely gonna have to make some more of the or order some more of those and um the the creature which is serrano and jalapenos and anaheim peppers that was like kind of my go-to i'm gonna use that on everything and um if you like pickles he has a pickle habanero one
0: yeah, I really like the pickle habanero one, but I I also like pickle juice to the face. Yeah,
1: straight up pickle juice all the time for you. Um, but if you want to check them out, go to www.prescribedburns.com. dot uh, com. You can order them there. You can follow them on Instagram. Sorry, it's,
0: it's actually www.prescribedburnsauces.com. com.
1: You know, reading's tough for me that's sometimes. Right. That's you right. know, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, man. Um, but yeah, they're they're. Uh, they're really good sauces, and, and Mike's a good dude, man. You, you know the money's going to a good place if you're shopping with him, and yeah, check him out. Yeah, he used to be a, a beer dude, yeah. and now he's a hot sauce dude, so yeah. that's awesome. It's the evolution of the 30- to
0: 40-year-old male. <laughs> uh, the not reading can get us in trouble from drinking some beer like we're doing. Um, <laughs> now that we've been talking and drinking, uh, what's got you buzzed? What, what's what got you excited for fantasy this <laughs> dude, week? so I... I'm I'm a
1: bit of a numbers nerd, and and I just love interesting stats. And some of the most fascinating stats for me come from Christian McCaffrey, man. He's he's super unique in what he does. We haven't really seen a player as consistently utilized as him in, like, every play for everything. I wouldn't be shocked if they line him up at tight end at some point. I mean, dude's catching the ball, running the ball. Uh, one of my favorite stats this time or this week was he was the number one running back, without a touchdown. Yeah, geez. and like you look back historically, you know that just doesn't happen no, with his. You have to have touchdowns. Yeah, to be the he's number one. he's got. What was it? 98 rushing yards, 89 receiving yards, nine for nine receiving. And nine catches. Yeah. So, like, that's never happened. It happened one other time, and it was him. It was him, <laughs> it was him two years ago. It's like, that's, it's, it's insane. And, and the dude does get touchdowns. So, like, when you, I'm a big fan of, of looking at things historically, but in the, in the present sense, like, I like watching historical things happen in real time. And I think Christian McCaffrey's one of those players where you're going to look back and you'll be like, man. That dude was awesome. It was super fun to see. Um, and, you know, I just, I, I just love that type of stuff. And especially around football time, you start comparing uh, stats to other things historically. And, I mean, one of, one of my favorite stats ever is just Larry Fitzgerald, man. Oh, I know this. Stat. Just the I boss, it. dude. Like, this dude is so good and played with such garbage fucking quarterbacks. This dude has more tackles then dropped passes, which means he's tackled people that intercepted the ball from his garbage-ass quarterbacks more than he's actually dropped the ball when it's being thrown to him several times a game. It's insane.
0: Yeah, that, that is insane. That does show us that we got to live through something pretty crazy there with Larry Fitz. We, I think the last few years we've taken him for granted, yeah but he was an amazing specimen, and I think christian McCaffrey we're kind of living through that mm. too, like he 's doing things that we've you know never seen there yeah sure, there's been thousand thousand guys before Roger Craig was one yeah. but at the rate this guy does it, I mean oh. he is literally two players in one roster <laughs> yeah. spot yeah. every
1: week he 's you know. like if Bo Jackson from Techno Bowl was a real
0: player, that's exactly. basically Christian exactly. McCaffrey these exactly. days. Um, what's got me buzzed? Uh, I don't know if you've heard of this guy, Carrion Johnson. He signed with the 49ers practice squad. Um, I am the guy that has him stashed in every league. Fucking I, weirdo, man. I have 100% shares of him in all my dynasty leagues, in my redraft leagues. I don't have 100%, but he's definitely on my watch list and every one of up, those. Man. I thought you were I, a fan. I was a huge <laughs> fan of him coming out of college. I watched the game in Detroit where he was the first player to run for 100 yards, I think, since Barry Sanders. I mean, it was I think Reggie Bush
1: squeezed one in there. Man, but, uh, <laughs> it had been
0: a while, and I just I watched it, and I loved him. And, and i have fallen in love, and I, I went hard in the paint in all our drafts and got him, and he has let me down. <laughs> I, When he got released from the Detroit Lions, I instantly traded to get him in my last dynasty league that I didn't have. I was certain that he was going to go somewhere that needed him. I was certain he was going to go to Atlanta, yeah. take over that job, and he went to the Eagles. That sucked. He got cut again um, and then just got signed by the 49ers, and um, I instantly texted a couple people. I texted Miyagi <laughs> right yep. away. It probably means nothing. Don't go out and pick this guy up. But I'll tell you what, for all the holding on to him I've done, to see him go to a team where running backs can become super profitable right away, I'm happy with it.
1: I would just love that after all of this, holding him through the Detroit years, holding him through the cuts, being released, that he does at least see some action and at one point win you a game. And even better yet, like if you're you're a Niners fan if your favorite team wins because of this dude that you've just been married to for years now um that that makes me happier than him actually getting a job so like good, good for you
0: man I'm happy for you man no, it would be it would be nice to to at least get him a start that would be that would be fun I love hearing about what gets us buzzed it's funny that what gets me buzzed is different than what's you you buzzed but That's what makes fantasy football work. Well,
1: yeah, you're really selfish. You're you're talking about people that you have on your team, where I'm like, historically, (laughs) I'm a humanitarian. People tell me all the
0: time. I'm very, (laughs) very caring. But how you see a guy can be way different than how I see a guy, and that's how trades work. You know, we have to have differing opinions a little bit to make stuff work. But sometimes people get a little heavy into the sauce. Yeah. And we get our Drunken Trade of the Week. Uh, our Drunken Trade of the Week this week is brought to you by At Bad Fantasy Football Trades on Facebook. I'm going to let Miyagi uh, get into this one because he is in this deal. Yeah, yeah. I, got, I, I, I made the show.
1: <laughs> so I got sent an offer. I didn't send this one out. I do send out some hot garbage trades. I won't be surprised if... Uh, I mentioned on here at one point or another, but, um, I was sent by my very good friend, Ben, um, after the opening week game where Tampa Bay, um, beat the Cowboys, uh, they sent me Tom Brady for, um, Chris Carson and a 2023 second, and this is in a one quarterback league. Um, where I wouldn't have been able to... Oh, it's a dynasty league, too. Right. Um, where I wouldn't have been able to start Tom Brady, and if I traded away Chris Carson, I wouldn't have been able to start him either for week one. And I would have sent a second in what is looking to be an incredibly stacked draft count class. That was garbage. I wrote him immediately, and I asked what I'd done to make him mad, because I did try to trade for Latavius Murray earlier before he'd even signed with the Ravens or anything and I was like man are you pissed at me because of that or something <laughs> and he was like no well you're starting Kirk Cousins so I figured you'd want a better quarterback but that's fucking garbage <laughs> uh, we did talk to Ben
0: and uh <laughs> Ben is so sad and said but I just was trying to get one started so we could talk about yes. it but yeah that's that's rough in a one quarterback league yeah a two quarterback league that's amazing or a super flex yeah you jump on that oh, all, I, I, all day
1: yeah I mean, I probably would have sent a counter of something or another, but, yeah, I would, have, I would, I would love to acquire Tom Brady in a super flex league. Um, but, I mean, running backs, especially starting running backs, and even more so bell cow running backs that are on the field, the amount of time that Chris Carson is, um, that is a very limited commodity. And in one quarterback leagues, if, if you punt on the quarterback position – Most people just stream their quarterbacks anyway. So that isn't a a league that I'm looking to be married to one quarterback through the whole time anyway. I do do a lot of situational or matchup-dependent free agency pickups uh, where you cannot do that with a running back at all. And then just to throw the second rounder in there, I was like, man – I, I hate to do this, but i got to
0: post this one to the pages. <laughs> yeah, Ben's team is in a unique situation. He is a huge Packers fan, so mm-hmm. he uh, drafted Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. as his quarterback. He took Tom Brady, and this was a couple years ago, Tom Brady, where it yeah. almost looked like he hadn't <laughs> eaten enough plants and he was a little bit old. Uh, he's clearly back to what he was. He also, in a rookie draft, um, you know, decided both his quarterbacks are getting a little bit older. So we took Kyler Murray. Yeah. So he is stacked at quarterback. Oh, yeah. But being a one-quarterback league, it's kind of tough to get max value for, for A 40-40-year-old
1: 40, 40 quarterback? Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's probably going to play longer than Kyler Murray. Right, right, at the rate, <laughs> at the rate he's going.
0: Um, we've all been there with drunk trades or even stupider stupider is that a word even it more is now you said it, on, you said it online. you said it online roster decisions did you have any ugly or should i say coyote ugly start uh, yeah. decisions you yeah. made were this you, week?
1: were you just immediately regretted after you realized what you've done yeah i've got some i've got some pretty dumb ones um you know le- uh, leading up to early in the morning um i was panicking i knew i wasn't going to be able to watch everything kind of going on and, and make a bunch of roster moves as i needed to so um I, I've I've been big on Furkser the whole off season. I thought he was going to be a key player with John Smith leaving. Yep. Um, when they signed Julio, it did damper that down a little bit. But then I was like, "Ha, I'll show him! I'm going to start ferkser over uh, Noah Fant," and I did. And that was incredibly dumb. Um, D-U-M, dumb. Yeah, yeah. That's what capital dumbs. Um, then uh, another one is I was just going for volume, so I figured Mike Davis. He's gonna be, uh, he's gonna be involved in that offense, you know. So I'm gonna start him over Mike Williams. You never know. Uh, that was dumb too, man. <laughs> you got any dumb ones?
0: Yeah, I have. Uh, we kind of had talked about it earlier. I got a pretty stacked team, <laughs> and so I have a pretty deep bench, and. I had recently traded you actually for Saquon Barkley and I knew he was coming off his injury. So I was like, okay, you know, don't need to play Saquon. We can wait it out. That's part of the reason I made the trade. And then I saw some idiot (laughs) (laughs) and really I'm the idiot, but I saw somebody with the big, you know, play your studs. That's why you drafted him. Yeah. So I said, yeah, you know, (laughs) get fired. Do I want to be the guy that has Saquon on the bench when he scores 30 points? Or do I want to be the guy that has an in? So I started Saquon. He got me 2.3. You were off by a decimal point, man. Yeah. It's not the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I also played Zeke, which isn't a horrible idea, but going against Tampa Bay, I yeah. should have known he yeah. wasn't gonna. It was tough. Zach
1: Martin out and Yeah,
0: and and it wasn't so much that I played those guys, it was kind of who I played him over. Yeah. But for me to bench CeeDee Lamb, that was that was dumb. Yeah. And uh, I could have easily slipped Clyde Edwards a layer in there. And um, I somehow luckily pulled out the win in that league, but that was mostly due to the Kelsey Mahomes stack. Oh, yeah. They put up enough <laughs> for me to just pull that out. Yeah. But uh, the the player studs. Yeah. That one, that one got to well, me. that's and, rough, man. And I did it.
1: Yeah, well, that's normally my mindset. Um, but, you know, there is some things that you, you can look in a little second layer and the the Elliott thing that, you know, if if you know you're going against Tampa's defensive line, they're bringing back all those players from last year. You know, you, you could have maybe thought about that and you could have maybe thought about the, the Saquon injury and returning and everything. But week one is so tough because you're really excited to play your people like you you super are. Um, but I did do some smart ones, and not everything was bad. I did um, last minute, I put in Higby over Ertz. Some people might be thinking, why do you have Ertz in there in the first place? Um, sound like he made up with, with the Eagles over the off season, and, and by all accounts, it looked like he was going to be um, back in the role he was. Um, but Higby ended up, uh, he, he secured me a win, tied in premium league. That's another reason I added Ertz in, because he just, you know, he gets receptions, man. He could get 40 yards off eight receptions, and that's a great day in a – in a a tight end premium league. And then um, I put in Big Ben over Fitz. You know, I don't know why. Uh, Last minute, I was like, ah, Fitz. Like, I'm really big on the Chargers defense this year. I think Derwin James is, like, one of those all-world talents that we just haven't seen play a whole year out. His rookie year, he played enough for me to just think that dude's a game changer. So I did bench him. And I put in Big Ben, and and he did fine. I should have put in Wentz, um, but I'm still – Again, with injury, I'm, I'm, I was slow playing him down a little bit and, and, and taking some time. Wentz
0: is also the kind of quarterback that's, that's kind of hurt you in the past. Yeah, you know, he's broken my heart. And um, I mean you specifically, but I also mean all of us a little bit too. No, me
1: specifically, yeah. Yeah, I have him in almost
0: everything. He's my carry on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I have him in a, a couple leagues, and you just, I want to root for him, and, you know, and, but mm. last year was so bad. Hopefully this year he can turn it around a little mm. bit. And, I
1: hope so, man. Yeah. I hope so.
0: Um, looking ahead, what are a couple matchups that you think we can uh, take advantage of specifically this week, um, where you think you can get some good fantasy points, where possibly people, you know, aren't sure what to do?
1: Yeah, so that's something I always look into, um, is matchups. Really, like when when you're looking at who you're going to start, who you're going to sit. I mean, your offensive players are playing against a defense, so that matters. So um, when you have uh, some storylines involved, too, I don't think there's much better of a game than the Packers at home versus the Lions. I mean, Aaron Rodgers just laid a big old shit on national TV, and he hates that if you look back historically when he has what's classified for him as a bad game. Nothing ever as bad as what we saw this last week, but he generally comes back guns a-blazin' ready to shut up all the haters oh, yeah. and I cannot think of a better <laughs> fucking defense to do that against than Detroit. Um, you know, Detroit's defense looked God awful. The Niners just dropped a 40 burger on them. And, you know, that's, that's, ex- that's, that's prime for, for what Aaron Rodgers is hoping to do. So anybody I have uh, on the Packers, I'm starting Tanya and I'm starting Devonte Adams, obviously um, I'm starting Aaron Jones. Definitely. I, wouldn't even be against starting Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Um, it could be one of those situations where they're up high enough, where A.J. Dillon is a factor. And then on the flip side, I mean, you're going to get a shit ton of garbage time from, from, from the Lions. And they showed this last week. I mean, both DeAndre Swift and Williams, they were they were both over 20 points. So – I think with Swift's injury a little bit further behind him and him definitely being utilized as their key back in the second half of that last game, I would expect a big game from him. And in Hawkinson, man, like, I think he got something crazy, like 20-something percent, like 25% of their high. passes and, and as their tight end. And then when you combine that with the two running backs, getting 20% also there's almost nothing for their wide receivers but what they do have at the wide receiver position with Quinta Cephas and uh, Equinemia St. Brown they got some burners man so they could throw the ball deep down the field if they're behind so you could get a huge game from Goff again you could get a huge game from I'm expecting a huge game from their running backs for sure I am not sitting Hawkinson over anybody unless you have fucking Kelsey basically um, and or I guess Waller after this last week, too. I'll put Waller up there, too. And if you're desperate, like, if you're in a close matchup, because this game is on Monday Night Football, so it's going to be the last game. There's going to be a lot riding on it. If you are desperate and you need some big plays, throw Quintus Cephas in there, man. He's shown that he's a capable wide receiver, and when he gets in some space, he can take that to the house. If you're down big and you don't have a chance anyway, throw him in there. See what he can do, man. Like
0: yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm big on the Packers. They put up a Turd. stinker. I mean, that game was so bad. I love – I was hearing about the conspiracy theory. Did you hear this at all? About <laughs> People are – Aaron Rodgers being so petty that he just came back to Green Bay to be awful, to ruin their season, and to drive his trade value down so that he can get traded for less. Go somewhere, win the Super Bowl next year, which is obviously not the case. It was one game. It just was bad for them. He's going to be great. But I thought that was a funny...
1: I just... I, I love the creative thinking out there that comes up with these things because these are the types of things that I... I, I think about this crap all the time, like narrative-driven... And that's what's made it so hard being you know, a San Diego Chargers fan for, for decades and decades is there was always a storyline that you could make work. And generally, it's never the case. But I, I think this one's a little far-fetched, but I was laughing my ass off when I heard it. I was like, dude, that's some next-level
0: shit. <laughs> that's chess on a checkers board right there. I agree with you, too, about the Lions having some, a lot of garbage time. I feel like this could be a game where when you have a couple of the Lions players in that – As you're going through the game, they don't have a ton of points and you're getting a little frustrated, but then the fourth quarter is going to happen and they're going to start airing the ball out and they do they throw their their running back. So even the running backs, you know, looks like a bad game script. They both catch the ball a lot. That's, you know, big pluses for both of them. So. Um, It could be a game where you're looking at Goff and he looks like he's having a terrible game. And then after the fourth quarter, at the end of the game, you're like, oh, okay, glad I I played that guy. Yeah, he had a good day. And again, that doesn't mean start him over some of your studs that you have. But if you if you have Goff in due to injury or something like that, wait to the end of the game to totally judge his stats for the day.
1: And with those running backs, too, they are the deep, the deep ball game, too. So, like, instead of chucking the ball down on 50-50 balls, they're just doing swing passes, they're doing screens, they're, de- they're getting them in some space and hoping, because either one of those dudes can really house it. They're, they're both talented running backs.
0: My matchup of the week is, is a little more obvious, I would say, but I just kind of wanted to touch on it because I think there's some guys. I, I'm taking Tampa Bay at home versus Atlanta, I think as we watched the Thursday night game this week, we were both just just kind of surprised to see how good all the elder citizens they have, (laughs) how how great they were. I mean, Tom Brady looked great. He, He had zip on his ball. I had mentioned to you right after that game where Drew Brees last year kind of looked like he couldn't yeah. throw the deep ball. Yeah. And he wasn't, Noodle arm. Yeah, he was, you could just tell he was good. Tom Brady doesn't have that. No. Anymore. Tom Brady is zipping the ball yeah. around. Um, Gronk looked fresh. Last year when he came out, he looked like he had not been running yeah. all his sprints. <laughs> You remember that video or oh, that, yeah. that came out that <laughs> yes. he, was, he was taking one day and running a whole week's worth of sprints and yeah. just changing his shirt and yeah. sending the video? He looks good. He looked fast. They were throwing the ball into tight coverage and into a group of defenders, and he was snatching the just ball. Just overpowering him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Antonio Brown Dude. looked like 2015 Antonio Brown. I mean, he was all over the place.
1: Yeah. Yeah, th- this – with these players playing like it's 2016 in their primes, I wouldn't be shocked to see Atlanta go up 28-3 and Tom Brady storm back and win the game.
0: I don't know. I think they're gonna <laughs> go up 28-3 and then, and he's then gonna just score <laughs> the other 28. It's gonna be <laughs> 56-6 or something. I mean, Atlanta Atlanta lets you score. The Eagles yeah. just put up 32 on them. And yeah. granted, I think the Eagles' offense is better than last year. Last year was a hot mess, but. Uh, they're, they're still not, not Tampa Bay <laughs> Yeah, Jalen hurts had 260 plus yards passing and I mean he's not a bad passer but he's not it's not why you have him in there you're right. in there for his rushing. rushing yeah I mean, you know so I think Tampa Bay is going to put up some points I think they're going to put up a lot of passing points um what do you think about uh, Ronald Jones? I, he had a fumble Dude. and was instantly benched last game. And then Arians came out this week and said, he's our starter. He's yeah. ready to go. Well, he's
1: a big yeah. fat liar, too. He is a big fat liar. So, that's I, true. I mean, it, you got to look at historically, like, fumbling is evil in football, especially with hard-nosed coaches like Arians. If you fumble, you're fucked. Um, that's just how it's been. And when you have Leonard Fournette on your team – um, and he seems to had had the favor of Arians anyway. Last week, last year, he brought him in with Ronald Jones already on the team. I think it's going to take more than from one from week one to week two to really earn that trust back again. Because that was Ronald Jones' issue before he did this last year too. He fumbled and got pulled for like three weeks. So we'll see. I'm not starting him. Um, I I did pick up Fournette in another league. I'm I'm going to put him in. And uh, it's weird because I've never been a Fournette guy, but I think he's going to do – I think he's going to outperform Ronald Jones for sure.
0: Yeah, it's just when, when Ronald Jones gets handed the ball and goes, yeah. he looks good. Yeah. He looks fast. He mm-hmm. looks good. But then – and I think when Fournette gets the ball, he looks efficient. He, yeah. Yes. Like he doesn't look good. You're not yeah. like, oh, man, who is that? Yeah. But he gets the job done. Four, so,
1: four yards and a cloud of dust, right? Right.
0: <laughs> so I, I have a few shares of Ronald Jones, and I always get tricked into playing him. I'm gonna try to bench him this week, but uh, this will be the week he goes out. And, that, and that's, you know, and you always try to try to second guess yourself. Yep, yep. You know, play your studs. Yeah, yeah. he's nice. Though.
1: Yeah he he wouldn't be he wouldn't fall under that studs category at all. I mean he's serviceable. He's always been like the um, running back three. Um, if, I, if, if yeah. I need to flex somebody in or, or wait for bye weeks, then that's what I've always had them for. Uh, there was a, a moment last year where I thought I could have him as my running back, too, and then they signed Fournette, and, and I was just, ah, crap. So.
0: Yep, that's how I feel. We, I unfortunately do have him as an RB2 in the league. I'm not happy about that.
1: All right, so let's rank these wide receivers. You on the spot right now. You got Godwin, Evans, Antonio Brown, and let's throw Ridley in there. One to four.
0: Wait, throw Ridley in there too? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I know they're
1: different teams, but for this game. Okay, I would go Antonio two. Brown. Okay. Calvin Ridley. All right.
0: Godwin. Man. Evans.
1: Evans at the bottom. I, it I, sucks to say, but I, I agree. I did have this theory that they were going half by half, which means this next one, Mike Evans, should have a really big first half before it cycles back down to Antonio Brown again. But that's completely made up. I made it, I pulled it out of my ass, but that's just what it seems like.
0: To <laughs> me, Evans is just the most inconsistent. Yeah. like he's he NFL wide receiver, he might be the best of that whole group. Yeah. Um but he needs that 50-50 ball, the yeah. chuck it up and he'll go get it. Oh yeah. But that is not a Tom Brady special. Yeah. Tom Brady keeps a hold of the ball. He mm-hmm. throws it where he's only his guy yeah. can get it. He's not going to get 50-50 means yeah. 50-50 the defense could get it too. Yeah. You know, where so. he could
1: just drop it off to Godwin or Antonio Brown doing one of their cross routes and just pick up the easy 12 yards yeah. instead of the 50 yards which is crazy too because that's Bruce Arians thing he, no, no risk it no biscuit go down there and get the ball chuck it up so it's, it's fascinating to see the safe player that Tom Brady was in New England kind of open up to maybe do two or three of those 50-50 balls a, a game right. instead of like two or three the whole year unless when he had Randy Moss you know then you didn't give a fuck You didn't have to give a fuck You got Randy Moss um, but I, I would love to see you know him, just chuck the ball to Mike Evans. That dude's such a savage. Like he will bully defenders and just get out of my way, kid. <laughs> and, and
0: we'll see some of those games. Yeah. We'll
1: see games where oh yeah, he's
0: 150 yards and three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll see some of that. And at the end of the year, he'll be he'll up be, there. Yeah, he'll
1: be over thousand yards, yeah. probably double digit touchdowns, and it'll all come in a handful of games. I just, I think this one, I think this one could be one of those games because Atlanta's defense is just such hot garbage. Uh, what do you think Pitts is going to do this week, man?
0: What do you, He had eight targets. I think he had four catches. Yeah, he was targeted um, heavily early. You know, Tampa Bay, their defense gave up some yards to the air. I mean, so it's possible that, that he does well. He's just he's so young and still learning. I, I have him in a couple leagues. I'm trying not to start him just yet. Um, but I would I easily see him in the five to six catch range, you know, somewhere in the 60 to 70 yards. And touchdowns can come and go. I mean, you know, he could easily 70 yards and a touchdown and have a great week for you. Or he could have five catches, 65 yards, and you're not mad at it.
1: No, that's still a good game for, a, for, a, tight for a tight end. end. Yeah.
0: But I just don't see the, you know, 12 catches, 120 yards, two touchdowns just, just yet. I, I think the, the Kelsey numbers are still a few years away.
1: I think they're coming for sure, but I, uh, I agree with you. I think it's still pretty early. Um, I'm hoping that he's the safety valve for, um, for Matt Ryan, you know, he's getting pressured from those quarterbacks and just dumps it off to pits and go make a play. Dude's super athletic. They drafted him to be super athletic, or it could be the opposite. Matt Ryan still has a gun, chuck it down the field and let Ridley go make a play. Yeah, for sure. Dude's a fucking stud.
0: Sometimes we, uh, we watch games and we take a lot from them. Especially week one, I feel like there's a lot of week one reactions. But I just want to make sure everyone knows: um, don't be fooled by the Texans. <laughs> yeah, fuck the Texans. They're <laughs> awful. <laughs> they put up a lot of points, and they they looked good against Jacksonville. But I think Chico State's football team would look good against Jacksonville. And we haven't had a football team here since the '90s <laughs> or something like that. But yeah, Texans, um, no.
1: Yeah, the, it, it was good to see. It's good to have some validation. Like I thought, Brendan Cooks was still going to be used. He's the only player there, so he absolutely was. Um, so it's kind of cool to see that. But there's there, like, the Jags were trying so hard to lose. Um, Trevor Lawrence was just making rookie mistakes. He was turning the ball over. When you turn the ball over that much, the, the other team's going to get points. It, it's like you could have just walked over and handed the ball to the defenders with some of the bonehead throws that were being made. So that's not going to happen every week. So yeah, don't go don't go throwing your life savings down on a on a Texans winning the Super Bowl bet.
0: For real. Yeah, that's not a good call. Yeah.
1: It was it was interesting though seeing all the stats coming through like you said, you know, week 1 you're you're just so open to everything. Like the first Fifteen minutes of just getting alerts on my phone. I think I sent you something where it's like, "Dude, sensory overload." I'm like, I'm living and dying with every notification because in the off season, you get a notification. It's normally like, "Oh, so and so blew out their knee," or "is arrested," or anything like that. And with this, it's like, "Oh, big play, twenty yard play, or whatever." And I'm just like dying and living with every single one. So,
0: yeah, no, for sure, getting all those alerts was was a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm struggling with. I don't know how to give credit for this, but I want to remind people Thursdays. Get your – any players that you're playing on the Thursday night game, get them into their actual – so if you have guys in flex that are playing on Thursdays, mm-hmm. move them into the running back, move them into the wide receiver. Um, don't leave them in the flex spot. That could hurt you later. And when if you have a, a late injury or a late scratch – Or already, COVID. Or COVID, <laughs> and you've already used your flex spot, it may handcuff you. So if you have a player that you're playing tonight, move them into their, their section – uh, thanks for listening guys we're we're so happy to have you please give us a follow and review at iTunes all iTunes reviews will be shouted out on the show we also we just added an email if you want to email the show if you want to ask us some questions or just tell us how great we are or how ungreat we are just it, tell us how great we are it's fantasyondraft at gmail.com that is D-R-A-U-G-H-T it's the old school draft fantasyondraft at gmail.com thanks for checking us out
1: <laughs> thanks guys
0: Yes, yes. yes.